Welcome to another episode of Game of Thrones Abridged on Alt Swift X, where Alt Swift gets swifty and swiftly reads the Game of Thrones books. Today we are reading the first ever chapter from the perspective of Arya Stark. This is Arya 1, A Game of Thrones, which begins with the words, Arya's stitches were crooked again. So in the very first sentence we get a feeling of tension, of some kind of something that is not correct, something that is ill-fitting, it's crooked. We continue by comparing Arya's stitching, her needlework, with Sansa. Sansa sits among the other girls, and her needlework is exquisite, while Arya's is not so much so. Septimordain, who is overseeing the needlework, she's the sort of nun, she's the sort of teacher, she's the sort of person who instructs the ladies on how to be ladylike. She says that Sansa has such fine, delicate hands, while Arya has the hands of a blacksmith. Which, of course, is an insult, because for a lady to have talent in some kind of filthy material realm is disgusting. Arya in this first paragraph, is established as not being good at the womanly arts. She's bad at stitching, whereas Sansa is so very good, and Arya resents that. That's all established in the first paragraph. Uh, And they mention that Princess Marcella is also sitting in on this needlework session overseen by Septim Mordain, uh, and Mordain is, is, is so excited to be instructing a royal princess, Marcella Baratheon, um, and so she's praising Marcella's stitches to the sky, though, Aya notes, Marcella's stitches look a little crooked too. So, 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 not only are we establishing this whole sort of, like, oppressive, like, uh, feminine ideal of, like, yo, Arya, you better be good at stitching and singing and harping, but if you're not, you're shit. Uh, Not only are we establishing that, but we're also establishing, like, this class structure where Princess Marcella, because she's a princess, is praised for her shitty needlework because she's a princess. Uh, so status, yo. Um, and so Arya's like, oh, fuck, the needlework, this isn't fun. Uh, and Arya observes that Beth Castle and Jane Poole, who are friends of Sansa, are sort of whispering and gossiping. Uh, and what they're talking about is that, is that, is that Prince Joffrey, the rumour is, that Prince Joffrey is going to marry Sansa, which is indeed the plan at this point. And Arya feels a little alienated from this social group. And Arya mentions, uh, yeah, she has, she has to sit with a little fat one. Who's the little fat one? Uh, Tommen. <laughs> yeah. Little, little, little spherical Tommen. Poor sweet Tommen. Uh, who of course in the show is like, is like fucking 14 or something, but in the, in the books is, is quite young indeed. I think it's like eight or something thereabouts. Um, but anyway, uh, so Arya feels resentment for how Sansa is so praised all the time while she's po- thought poorly of for her stitching. Um, and, and, and yeah, the girls are gossiping about, like, oh, Sansa's gonna marry Joffrey, it's gonna be so wonderful, um, and, uh, and they mention John, and, and Sansa sort of speaks, Sansa, 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 Sansa sort of speaks poorly of John, and I is like, he's our brother, 
Arya said, much too loudly. So Arya and John have this bond. Arya defends John. Uh, and Mordane intervenes. Uh, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Arya's really frustrated. And then, yes, and, and then Mordane examines Arya's stitches. And Arya's stitching is poor. And then... Uh, yeah, Aya sees everyone looking at her and judging her for her poor needlework, uh, and Aya feels tears filling her eyes, and she and and Mad- Mordain says, "Oh, you'll shame us all." So Aya's like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm gonna start my own stitching club with with blackjack and hookers. Um, peace out, yo." Uh, fuck you guys. I'm going home. I can't do a Cartman impression, but Aya decides. Fuck it. You guys can have your fucking feminine lady-like fucking whole uh, thing. I'm out, yo. And Mordain's like, you can't just fucking leave. This is the fucking thing. This is the fucking deal. You gotta stitch the stitches and needle the needles. And I was like, fuck it. Peace out. Uh, <laughs> and um, and I was like, nah, fuck it. I, she has. She says sweetly that I have to go shoe a horse. And so she and so she just fucks right off, and she storms out, uh, which you gotta respect, right? I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I has the balls required to 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 say, all right, here's your fucking fucking whole patriarchal ass thing of like saying that women have to do the stitches and sing the songs and do the things. I don't fit within that archetype, that stereotype, that fucking box you're trying to pigeonhole me into, I choose to do my own fucking thing, yo. So she leaves. How's that? That's good. Good honor. Good honor. So she does. She leaves. Uh, and Anaya storms off, and she expresses a lot of jealousy that she has for Sansa, Sansa, because she fits this whole sort of, this ladylike ideal in this, in this medieval society. Um, we, it, it's also mentioned that I the only thing that Aya is better at Sansa at within the whole sort of ladylike thing is that is that Aya is much better at math. Uh, so fun fact. Next page. Uh, and Aya talks about Nymeria, her dire wolf, and she says the wolf pup loves her even if no one else does. So Aya is indulging in a bit of moping, like like her half brother John. Uh, Aya does feel a bit hard done by, even though she's better off than most. Uh, but 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 she has a nice relationship with Nymeria, and uh, and she mentions that she named the, the direwolf Nymeria after the warrior queen of the Rhoyne, Nymeria, uh, who who came from Essos. <coughs> over to Westeros and married a Martell and sort of was was a large part of the founding of sort of Dawn sort of um and so Aya has this cool backstory behind the naming of a direwolf while Sansa named her direwolf Lady Lady which is like the most fucking banal ass shit you've ever heard Lady is such a lame name for a Direwolf, uh, but that obviously says a lot about Le- about Sansa's personality because she totally swallows this whole sort of story about what a lady should be in this society. Uh, while Arya does not, she embraces Nymeria, this figure of like female martial martial power and like independence and like going out and fucking doing shit, yo. Uh, Nymeria was a sailor. Nymeria was someone who sailed off from one continent to another, a settler, an adventurer, a, a colonist. 
which kind of which sort of corresponds to what Arya says in that episode of season six, where she says to Lady Crane, "Oh, I'd like to sort of sail west and sort of discover new shit and be an adventurer and an explorer." Uh, so there's sort of a correspondence there. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, so Aya's like, alright, fuck this needlework. I want to go see some something cool. So she decides to go watch the boys who are currently sparring in the yard. Because, of course, the girls needle while the boys sword fight. Uh, so Aya decides to go watch that. And she goes off to the yard where the boys are practicing. Uh, and John is overlooking things. He's sitting on the sill, one leg drawn up languidly to his chin. Languidly. Languidly. That's a good word. I enjoy that word. But John is watching as well, and uh, is like, well, why aren't you fighting? And John's like, oh, well, bastards aren't allowed to damage young princes. So we've got another, like, status social fucking boundary going on here. Not only... Uh, are, the, are the women expected to needle while the boys while the boys expected to fight? Not only are the princesses praised while the common folk criticised, but the bastards are excluded while the trueborn are allowed to participate. There's there's this this chapter really focuses on the sort of multi-tiered. So it's like a fucking sociology class, man. This is like university sociology year one, where they're all like, yo patriarchy, yo, fucking status, money, race, all that shit, it explains everything, there's no single material physical explanation for what's going on, there's no equality, everything's determined by colour and dick and fucking flavour, that's all there is. It's slightly more complicated than that. Anyway, so the <laughs> watching cunts fight is the point. Um, so King Tommen is sparring with Bran, and Rob is sparring with Joffrey. And they have this amusing description of, of Prince Joffrey. Uh, P- Prince Tommen, rather. Because Tommen is so padded with armour that he is positively round. He's plump to begin with, but with all the armor, he's positively round. Uh, and Roderick Castle, with his magnificent whiskers, is overseeing all this. Uh, and I wish I had magnificent whiskers. And uh, so they're sort of doing shit, and there are a bunch of people overlooking. There are Lannisters, there are Starks. Theon Greyjoy is overlooking with a look of wry contempt. So it's interesting that, like, John and Arya bond over their, like, mutual social alienation. Uh, John as a bastard and Arya as a woman who doesn't really fit into the sort of feminine ideal. But Theon doesn't bond with Arya and John. He's alienated by virtue of being a Greyjoy and not a Stark, an Ironborn, a foreigner. But Theon seems separate from them all. Uh, so it seems that Theon's strategy for dealing with social alienation is to be contemptuous and to be like, fuck, I don't need you cunts, I'm like such a cool dude in my own right, I kick beheaded heads, I don't give a flying fuck, cunt. Uh, so Theon's, Theon's shield is arrogance, is sort of part of his deal. Um, which doesn't, which, as we learn later, doesn't work out very well for him. There are are lots of different strategies, like, lots of the POV characters in Game of Thrones are people who 
don't fit into mainstream society. And they have, like, like people like Brienne, and people like Theon, and people like Littlefinger, like, all these people who don't fit into the narrow social roles that they're expected to fulfill. And they all have vastly different responses to that alienation, and we see these sort of variety of different ways that things work out. Uh, and, spoiler, a lot of them don't work out that well. Um... So, yeah, like, Arya's like, fuck, this sword fighting shit is a lot cooler than needlework, eh? And and so Arya and John are chatting, and John makes a comment, um, oh no, and yeah, also John ruffles Arya's hair, uh, and Arya flushes. Uh, John and Arya have always been close. Uh, which is sort of, on one hand, like this nice sort of expression of, of familial bond, of friendship, but on the other hand, you know how George R. R. Martin had that early outline of Game of Thrones that was, that was, like, leaked or published? And, and it mentioned that George's original plan was to have a love interest relationship between John and his half-sister, Arya, which is A, fucked up, and B, throws in a different light these comments about Arya and John's closeness, uh, which is a bit of a worry. There are lots of those sort of, like, relics in this first book of earlier plot plans that George R. R. Martin had before he got into the later books where things sort of changed and were improvised. Anyway, moving along, because this is, of course, an efficient reading of the Game of Thrones book, um, the point is that John and Arya are close, uh, and they're watching the fights happen, and, and Arya is like, man, it sucks that I had to do this needlework shit, I'd rather be doing this sword fighting shit, uh, I'd, be, I'd be good at it, um, fuck the patriarchy, hashtag topical politics, yo, uh, and blah, 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 um, and they sort of talk about how the Lannisters have their, their arms, their heraldry, their sigils, and they're sort of proud of it, um, the woman is important too, Io protests, uh, blah, 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 um, and John has this great sort of, uh, this line about how, um, Girls get the heraldry, but not the swords. Bastards get the swords, but not the heraldry. I did not make the rules, little sister. Um, which sort of cements this idea that this chapter, Aya One of Game of Thrones, is very much about the social structures in Westerosi society. Gender, status, bastardy. These are all the factors that influence where you are and what you're allowed to do and what you're expected to do in society. For some people, like Sansa, it works, at least for a while, while other individuals like Arya and Jon don't really fit into this system. And it, hashtag, sucks for them. Um, they discuss that. Uh, Rob and Joffrey fight. Uh, Joffrey's being an arrogant twat, in the words of John. Joffrey is truly a little shit. Except he doesn't know the half of it based on what Joffrey's about to do later. Uh, so shit happens. Uh, uh, they're sort of fighting. And then Sandor Clegane, the Hound, is introduced. He's one of the people overwatching this sparring. And Sandor boasts about how, Oh, I killed a man when I was 14 years old. And, this, and, and Joffrey and the Hound are taunting Rob. And Rob falls for the taunt. And he his pride is is wounded, and he curses at the Prince Joffrey, and Rob gets enraged by all the bullshit Joffrey's spouting, Joffrey's taunting. Uh, 
and so so Rob, yeah, Rob sort of goes off his nut a bit. Um, and it's only by Theon holding Rob back to stop Rob from fucking attacking Joffrey. Uh, Theon holds Rob with an iron grip, which possibly alludes to his being iron-born, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, blah, 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 so they stop fighting because, because Rob got, (laughs) Rob got too mad, Rob got triggered, um, and then, uh, and and then John and Arya are still talking, and and John makes this comment to Arya saying, oh, you'll, you know, when Septim Wardain finds that you fucking ran away from her needlework lesson, she'll make you, she'll lock you up and make you needle forever, she'll, when the spring thaw comes, they will find your body with a needle still locked tight between your frozen fingers. So John is foreshadowing the death of Arya Stark. Man, I'll admit, I'm convinced Arya Stark is fucked. I think she's gonna die. Because she's so far gone. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the later books, the later seasons now. Arya is this fucking identity-deprived, killing machine, cult-inducted, fucked-up kid... I can't imagine her, like, settling down to some kind of, like, healthy, domestic, familial relationship, you know? I think something terrible will happen to Arya, and Jon's words in the first Arya chapter will be proven true, I suspect. Although, of course, not all of this foreshadowing comes true. One of the other things that George mentioned in his early, early outline of of Game of Thrones that was leaked slash released was that uh, originally Rob Stark and Joffrey Baratheon were going Baratheon slash Lannister were going to fight on the battlefield, uh, and so this scene of Joffrey and Rob sparring was sort of foreshadowing of that. Of, though, of course, it never actually came to pass. So, you're welcome to question the foreshadowing, but I still suspect that Arya will die. Anyway, they sort of... Arya's complaining about it's like, it's not fair that I have to do this needlework shit that I hate when I'd rather be sword fighting, and then Jon says, nothing is fair. So again, this chapter is all about these fucking social hierarchical systems that are going on. Uh, and then they sort of fuck off, they, they part, John and Arya part, um, and, and then Arya's like, fuck, I've been caught by the Popo, which in this case is Catelyn and Mordain, yo, uh, so she's been caught for a crime of leaving the needlework class, um, and she sort of reflects on how much of a problem this is for her, that Septa Mordain and her mother uh, confronting her for her tardiness. Isn't tardiness a fun word? And so one of the things that's sort of funny about that is that, you know, Aya's concerns at this point in the story, like, the thing that she's most concerned about is, oh no, Septim Ordain and her mother Catelyn are a bit miffed by her exit from the needlework class. Fucking fast forward into book five, uh, and her concerns are more like, hmm, how can I best assassinate Raph the Sweetling? How can I best survive this fight in the inn at the crossroads with Sandor Clegane? Are you... (laughs) I mean, all of these early chapters, like, all the characters, they're children, they're concerned by these fucking banal, silly concerns, whereas things very quickly get real. 
very quickly, and doom, and like some fucking cosmological level concern, danger, threat, is rising, is one of the concerns in these early chapters. All of this is just setting groundwork. Like, we're, we're, we're thousands of words in, but we're still sort of setting groundwork at this point. These chapters are all about how we're establishing conflicts within the characters, we're establishing themes of decline and rising danger, summer turning to winter. We're laying the bedrock here, is what this shit is all about. We're laying the bedrock for future disaster. So anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Alt Swift X. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, as I said, we're going to be hoping to release uh, daily releases of Alt Swift X. We're going to continue this Game of Thrones Abridged series uh, until until you or I lose interest. We're going to keep going, uh, and and also you can you you can now download. Game of Thrones abridged as like a podcast, as an audio file that you can download or play or stream however your heart desires through Bandcamp. If you'd like to get on that, there's a link in the description. Uh, if you have other suggestions as to what you'd like to see, uh, feel free to comment and let me know. Uh, I, I'm also thinking of doing some kind of abridged series of like maybe the TV show, like we could do some kind of video of that, there are lots of possibilities, uh, and, and, and basically those possibilities are realized the more by however much you guys are enthusiastic, so if you want to see more stuff from Alt Swift X, you fucking share and subscribe and like and do all that fucking bullshit, uh, because I do that which is popular, that's unfortunately a necessity of, of the job. I, like Eddard Stark, is as constrained as any man. Uh, well, I mean, not that much, really. Fuck, we're getting a bit a bit, I think we're appropriately swifty at this point. Anyway, thank you for listening to this bullshit. Uh, we'll record another old Swift X presently. Uh, thank you for watching, and good night, and so long, and thanks for all the fish. Bye.